Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Uh, sure. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee and Turner Syndrome. I'm Andrea. And I'm Brooke. And hello. Um, this week, we continue our discussion into hormone replacement therapy. And uh, this week, we are putting up to the challenge (laughs) synthetic hormone versus bioidentical. So we're going to talk a little bit about those. Um, What might be the same? What might be different preferences? What could be better? Yes. Lots of that. (laughs) (laughs) So first off, I think it's important to kind of explain how we're classifying each. Um, In my understanding, the biggest difference is bioidentical hormones are, one, much more naturally derived um, than the synthetic. Um, So they come from a natural source. Um, Some Googling. I did brought me to a couple of different explanations of it. Um, basically, bioidentical hormones are using plant and animal-derived estrogen that mimics or is the exact same chemically as our naturally produced hormones in our body. So they are the closest to the actual form of what our body is naturally produced that you can get. Um, so the biggest thing that that shouts to me is your body actually knows what to do with it. Yes. Yes. It recognizes it, I think, more readily. Um and so from my experience probably has the most effectiveness um at least that's probably what they would say as well so i was looking as well and uh the little googling and i pulled up something um that was from healthonline.com and they're talking about traditional versus bioidentical. And they say bioidentical hormones are different from those used in traditional hormone replacement therapy and that they're identical chemically to those our body produces naturally and are made from plant estrogens, which is what you were just saying. And the hormones used in traditional uh, HRT are made from the urine of pregnant horses and other synthetic hormones. I.e., when I talked about Premarin um, being pregnant horse pee. <laughs> I still die every time I hear that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I hope nobody had anything like they were eating or had something to drink at that moment because <laughs> talking about it. Oh, my goodness. Um, but it is true. That's how they used to do it. Um, and... 
then it says in this, uh, supporters of bioidentical hormones claim their products are safer because they are natural and identical in makeup to the hormones the body produces naturally. But the but most experts believe the risk of um, the bioidentical or the yeah the bioidentical um, hormone therapy and uh, the synthetic or traditional hormone um, replacement therapy are similar. Um, and something too that I didn't mention um, that I actually forgot about when we were talking about different like. Uh, forms that it can come in are the compounded ones as well, um, which is oh, actually something creams. that my, yeah, the compounded creams. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and this is saying compounded uh, bioidentical hormones may carry even more risk. Um, there is no credible evidence um, that they're saying that there's no cred credible evidence to prove that the uh, bioidentical is more effective than the um, synthetic. So uh, that is their opinion on it. Um, so what do you I, think? <laughs> I think, well, my experience definitely has been the opposite, that there is yeah. a difference. Now, whether that's from the form of it itself primarily or the better ability to tailor the treatment because that's another thing like it, the forms of synthetic which synthetic just means it's completely chemically constructed like there's no natural ingredients in it whatsoever um and to my understanding, I don't know that they're really even attempting to mimic what the body's naturally produced hormones look like. They're just trying to get a mimic of what it does. So, I don't know. I guess it's a little complicated to explain that difference, but my my situational example would be like birth control is the most probably the the most common used traditional hrt that i hear about is some form of birth control generic birth control some form because it, and i mean for good reason in the it's simple it's both estrogen and progesterone in one you only have to take one pill right? That's much easier than mm -hmm. having to do two different things. Um, so I, I get that benefit of it, but I feel like some of the other aspects of birth control kind of take it beyond what you would hope for, for just regular HRT, because switching from that to the bioidentical that I'm on, um, it was a very significant feeling of my body is actually acting way more normal than <laughs> which 
having experienced how my body reacted to the other stuff, it is a stark difference. Like it, I had this moment of, oh, this is maybe like, this feels a lot closer to other women's stories that don't deal with this deficiency. Like my body seems to be acting a lot more closer to what I suspect it would naturally do than I was ever getting close to with the other. The other was very regulated, very, I mean, and that's another benefit for birth control, right? For somebody not trying to get HRT, it'll regulate your cycle for you if it's giving you a difficult time, right? Like that's a benefit to it, but it almost felt like it was too much. Like I just needed the hormones. I didn't need the other aspects of it on top of you can't, you can only so much control the dosages of the hormones in it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my thoughts on that difference. And I feel like that's not a small difference when you're talking, trying to give the correct hormone levels to tons of different people that have different levels yeah and well I would say for me personally I am more in support probably of um the bioidentical after um having uh variations of both um I feel like my my response is so much better to the bioidentical form mm -hmm. than the than the synthetic form. Yeah. Um, as far as in my response now, were they both effective in creating like you know my ability to have a, a cycle or development in that type of thing as I was growing up and, and going through um, puberty and all that. Yes. I mean, it did that, but it felt much more like I was fighting to get my body to do something that it should do, that it can't do, where I, I just feel so much, I, I just feel so much better on the bioidentical form that I have now. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, and you know, I, I would say it's probably fair to, um, you know, really talk with your endocrinologist, talk with your doctor, you know, maybe see what it's like on one form or the other and what works the best. Um, but for me personally, I think the, the better treatment comes through the bioidentical. Yeah, I, I think absolutely don't shy away from considering every single option. Right. I mean, we have formed 
our opinions on these and gotten to where we are because of trying those other synthetic, more traditional forms that we knew were options. You know, we, right. we formed this opinion after experiencing those. So see how they work for you. See what your body does. Now, I will say the other biggest difference for me that I would think about, not to say that this means one way or the other, whether it would work for somebody, but like, I feel like it's an important aspect to consider is the comment my endocrinologist made when she told me she wanted to switch me to the patch was directly, I'm worried because you're taking a pill form it's not getting enough estrogen to your bones. And that could be something to consider because not many synthetic are not pills. Right. And that's the other thing with birth control is it's not formulated. It, it was initially formulated to birth control, to control birth and getting pregnant and regulating to some extent um, those types of things were what it was initially used for. And so, or what it was initially for, what it was formulated for and what it still is formulated for. So they're not in formulating it, worried about how much estrogen you're getting from it, really. And they're not worried about if that estrogen is making it to your bones. Right. That's, that's not a consideration they're making when they formulate it. And that is the part that us butterflies need to think about because we need to make sure we're getting it in a form where enough of it is getting to our bones because the bone density, the, um, the strength of our bones is a major is one of the key things we've talked about for HRT that you're one of the goals with it is to make sure your bones are staying okay. Right, right. And so, you know, if you're someone like myself who um, does struggle with low bone density, so if you have low bone density, if, you know, you have osteoporosis or osteopenia and, um, you're uh, struggling with that, that might be something to consider whether to maybe try the patch form because you might get more of that um, benefit than uh, the pill form uh, where you may not be getting enough to your, your bones. So that is definitely something to consider um, besides just, um, you know, uh, cycles and, and all of that, because if your hormone levels remain balanced, then um, your bones should be in good health. But um, like I get low calcium, so I've always had um, low bone density, but I've also struggled with my hormone levels being where they ideally should be. And I developed, um, low bone density in my hip. Mm. Um, so, and it's interesting because 
um, before I like when I was newer on the form and I don't I didn't know what to attribute it to because it, it honestly was kind of interesting um, so when I had a bone density scan um, really around the time that I switched and started this it was pretty low in um, you know my my left hip and I noticed that um, a couple years ago when I had my last bone density scan, um, my bone density actually improved. That's good. Yeah, which kind of surprised me. So I'm not sure there could be other factors as well, but, um, you know, I don't know if that maybe had any benefit, but, um, you know, I had started on the patch form and I was on the patch for a while and before I decided to switch to the oral. But that might be another good reason to consider. And I think that could have had some, possibly had some positive effect because that normally didn't happen to me where um, it was reversed itself a little bit. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, that's definitely something to consider. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was, the reason she gave me for why she felt like it would be worth trying because she was worried when you take a pill, which I knew, but I don't think I had ever thought it would do too much to where I wouldn't be getting enough. But I, I mean, conceptually, I knew when you take a pill, when you take any medication orally, it is processed just like everything else you swallow through your liver. And yeah. so basically she was worried that as it was being processed through my system, by the time it got to where it could go to my bones, there wasn't very much left. So it wasn't getting very much. And so the patch yeah. kind of diverts that and puts it right there so it can go just straight into your bloodstream to your bones. It right. makes total sense after she said that, but I just yeah. never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. You have the benefit of um, not having to have your liver process it, mm -hmm. um, which is a nice thing anyway because I take several oral medications and you know it's all processed by the liver so you're taking you know taking a little bit off of stress off your liver um, having to process another medication and you're getting more benefit from um, the estrogen and so uh, yeah I personally think it's I personally think it's it's a good thing um, but yeah, my experience, um, definitely has been more positive with the bio identical. Um, yeah, well, and there's also, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's also like some consideration for the impact on your liver from HRT in general, I feel like that needs to be talked about because I mean my when I was on the initial birth control generic birth control that I was on that was hurting my stomach 
my liver levels were elevated. Like I, I was barely registering estrogen levels on a blood panel, but my liver levels were through the roof. Like it was just all being processed by my liver. And it was like, my liver was overworking because of it. And I don't think that's an uncommon experience from other stories I've heard. And I feel like that should be in consideration too, because my liver levels normaled out when, well, I mean, they initially pretty well normaled out with shifting to a lower dose estrogen generic birth control, but they went completely normal and stayed that way after I was off birth control completely and on the HRT I'm in now. So I don't feel like it's something small. <laughs> like I feel like that's a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. And it, you know, we're in a situation where um, you know, we're taking HRT for a long time, mm-hmm. if you think about it. And some some people may go on hormone replacement when they hit menopause or something. Um and it's a lot less time, but you know, I, I know I've been on HRT for a very long time. And so when you think about over the course of that, how you choose, you know, um, your HRT has that impact on, on your liver. And so you definitely want to consider that knowing that you're going to be on this for a long period of time and you're trying to you know, be mindful of not overtaxing your liver as well. Because it's not unusual, I think, with, um, and, and it's something that, um, you know, I think can happen with the bioidentical, but I think it is less common from what I, I hear, um, as opposed to the synthetic. Um, being much more taxing on your liver. And so that, I mean, that's something important to really think about and consider. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, we have a unique situation with HRT because the traditional experience of HRT is maybe a few years while you're transitioning through to menopause. For us, we're on it from before puberty till, I guess, whenever we want to just call it and say, all right, I guess I'm in full menopause now. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, for the benefit of maintaining good bone health, it's recommended, especially with us having Turner syndrome, to, to... have some form of HRT. Now you may go down in your dose, but you want to keep your estrogen levels up and that only starts depleting as we age and already. And so even after, you know, we go through um, menopause, it's important to keep that um, bone strength and bone health up. And so, yeah, you can be on it for really long time when you're in our situation decades yeah so it's really important to think about it 
yeah, the long-term impact of which one you're taking. I mean, mm-hmm. and this would be for anything that, you know, for me, my family medical history, I also have to consider anything that's going to contribute to a cancer risk because I have that in my family history and kind of in a way that makes HRT really interesting. And so I have to think about how long is it good for me to stay on this? Like, what do I, what, what form am I good to be on? And that gives me the least amount of worry for any added risk. Um, and the longer you're on something like that, the more that's something to consider and likely. Right. And, um, actually there's something that I came across, um, as well. Um, and cause I did a bio identical, um, and then I did a synthetic. So there's the synthetic versus bioidentical um, that I also looked up and there's this um, link to, uh, it's um, Mitchell Medical and it's uh, Keith Mitchell, um, who I guess is a um, family doctor. He might be an endocrinologist, but um, he wrote about hormones and he wrote about synthetic versus bioidentical. And one of the things that he, like, is his opinion, um, and when you mention, like, the risk, um, he talks in here about, um, he, he says, in a series of studies conducted in 2002, the difference between synthetic and bioidentical hormone replacement therapies were identified, not in their intended function, but their side effects, taking a natural form of progesterone and comparing it against a synthetic form. Researchers saw that the synthetic form posed a much greater risk to the health of patients. One of the main side effects of synthetic progesterones, uh, like for example, if it's a synthetic progesterone compound, uh, was an increased risk of developing breast cancer, um, synthetic forms have the potential to incite and increase estrogen-related breast cell mitosis. Um, this is to say the division and spreading of cells. Um, so it causes those cells to overdevelop and become cancer. Um, so from this, it sounds like he's, especially when it comes to breast cancer, so for us as females, that could be um, a risk factor to consider. Um, also when you're thinking about the type of, of therapy that you're going to be doing, um, because they do have that, they do carry this risk. Um, and, uh, it goes to say, um, that the synthetic hormones have also shown, been shown to convert in, indigenous, uh, or, uh, indigenous estrogens into stronger variants. Um, androgynous or androgynous. Yeah. That, well, E-N-D-O-G-E-N-O-U-S. Is that androgynous? That sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
E N D yeah, E N D O G E N O U S. Oh, in probably endogenous. Yeah, endogenous estrogens, um, into stronger variants. Um, and then he says these stronger, even toxic versions of estrogen can stimulate cancer formation. Um, he then says bioidentical progesterone, however, has been shown to have the opposite effect of synthetic versions. Bioidentical hormones like progesterone inhibit breast cell uh, division and have been said to stop breast cancer by um, acting on a particular um, like inhibitor. Uh, can, can they say K-I-N-A-S-E, uh, an inhibitor? Um, it, in the naturally derived progesterone has been described as having a protective role in the female body by preventing breast cancer, whereas synthetic forms of progesterone may actually incite breast cancer. Um, while new research is always being conducted, recent discoveries seem to show that bioidentical hormones are safer long-term alternative to controversial synthetic forms. And when I started on um, the uh, Provera, and I um, started looking at, well, what actually, because for a long time I was like, oh, okay, um, you know, I, I trust my doctor, I'm gonna go ahead and take this. Well, then I decided <laughs> in college, I'm like, what is this that I'm actually taking? And so that's when I found out that it was derived from um, horse urine and pregnant horse urine. And so I'm like, that's not good. And I started looking more at these risks of cancer with them. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to see if there was different alternatives. And that's when I just, I came across the um, bioidentical um, and now oral, there's not, you know, many alternatives, but I started with um, the patch. And so um, since then, I, I've been, much more on a uh, team bioidentical. Yeah. Um, from my personal experience. Yeah. Um, Cause there was a lot less from my conversations and from looking at it, I felt like there was a lot less risk um, for something like cancer. Now I'm, I'm thankful where I don't have much history of that in my family, but um, you know, also being diabetic um, and having to, process it when we're talking about also our liver being taxed um my medications as a diabetic you know i have to think about that too mm -hmm. and because those are all processed through the liver too so you know i definitely put my liver through the paces so um you know when you can do something to bypass that it's worth considering. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's not, those differences aren't small. No. 
like certainly you can still say there's going to be some people that actually thrive while on synthetic and that's great but I mean so I was kind of an example of that because when I was taking Premarin and progesterone when I first started HRT I felt really good but my medical risk is such that it is not worth it for me to have that be anywhere near a long-term situation. And that's why my endo at the time took it very seriously when me and my mom told her that because that's not a small risk. And Mm -mm. I think even if you feel good on it, even if you haven't, you know, you've been on it for a little bit and you haven't seen any major side effects, those risks aren't going to be a short-term really quick thing you see. It's going to build up contributing to this. Um, and the longer you're on it, probably the more you're contributing to your risk. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. especially because it was direct, like my family medical history is directly related to taking it. So yeah. I have to be even more careful because it's not something that's disconnected at all. It's directly related to HRT. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely, I mean, it, yeah, it's not any small thing and it's something to really weigh in and take seriously. And that's why you, you know, need to be, um, you know, your own advocate and ask all the questions and not be afraid to, to do that and not be afraid to, you know, try and see what works and, you know, have a, a doctor that's willing to work with you and say, okay, let's try this, see how, you know, it goes and then be willing to switch it up if you need to or decide that you want to try something different because it's just um, not right for you. Yeah. Um, but those are all very important factors to consider that I wish I had really thought more when I was younger to be able to, to ask. I think it's good information that needs to be out there. And one of the things I think kind of gets missed a little bit in the discussions about um, HRT. Yeah. Um, because we do use it long-term. So yeah, it's been very important to think about those things yeah in my opinion just quickly briefly wrapping up I definitely think there are more pros than cons to bioidentical over synthetic still explore your options but to me there's enough pro one way and enough concerns the other way to make it worth it to look at that yes I absolutely agree um I am on the same page when it comes to this um always um ask you know and and try because again we're not um we're not all the same so what works for us may not work for you but I say overall the benefit tends to be I think better when it comes to the bioid 
identical. So that would be, I, I'm team bioidentical. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, yeah, the way to go, but obviously you guys do what's right to you you know, do what's right for you. So yeah. And I hope this kind of helped you think it through a little bit and answer some questions on what each is and what the differences might be. Yes. So I hope that you have enjoyed um, our discussions on HRT and find them interesting. Let us know what you think. Yes. Yes. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Yeah. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.